everybody. Welcome to Monday's Snipes and Stripes Weekend Edition. My good friend and partner, Tim Peel, right here on NoFilter.net. Tim, what a great weekend. How, first of all, how was your weekend? How you looking? You're, you got the Snipes and Stripes. You're dressed in black. I hope that doesn't sig- uh, signify what your weekend was like. But um, for some people, wearing black might be uh, per- uh, appropriate today. Uh, the weekend was great. Uh Watching some hockey, played some golf yesterday. Seventy-three degrees. Hold on a second. Wait a second. You played golf in St. Louis, buddy. Listen, Panger. Panger's in town. He's driving down right now. We've got a tee time nine ten ten o'clock tomorrow. It's going to be eighty-five degrees in St. Louis. It was seventy-three degrees yesterday. We've had humble since I moved here. Maybe global warming. Warming. We don't get we don't get very difficult winters like we play golf. It's it's not global warming. Global warming doesn't turn the the, the climate overnight. This listen, lie. it's just it's just been that literally turned overnight last year, and it flipped because San Diego is always like sunny and warm, and all of a sudden, right when January of last year turned, it started to rain, and all of a sudden, up in New England. There was no more snow, and there's no more snow in Chicago, and there's no more snow in Missouri, and it doesn't rain in in Seattle. I'm telling you that the earth has shifted. The earth has turned at its axis, and we are now in different climates, time zones, all these different things because the earth is not in the same position it was before. This climate change is a bullshit. It's a money laundering just farce for our leaders. You're getting the short end of the stick then moving to San Diego. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's exactly right. Well, usually because of these stupid taxes that our, our asshole mayor, our asshole Governor Newsom and the California liberals make us pay, you know, we usually we usually say, well, it's okay because it's a sunshine tax. Well, the sunshine isn't here as much anymore, so that makes it even worse. Well, listen, I had a good weekend, but I did not have a Jeremy Roenick weekend. Uh, Wednesday when I talked to you, you were flying to Chicago for thir- on Thursday to take clients to a game. Uh, then you were flying to Niagara Falls to play in an alumni event. Then you were flying back to Chicago for Chris Chelios' jersey retirement. And then <laughs> last night you got pictured with Kid Rock. You got better, the guitar player, Rodman. Who? What other superstar care? Uh, well, shoot, we had Randy Gerber and Cindy Crawford. Cindy Crawford hit the hit the shot at center ice. Through the, the way, which was awesome. Great, she looks fantastic. I mean, she she defies she defies all ages. And then Brian Leach was there. All my ex teammates. Uh, we saw Pat Foley, my old friend from Boston. Brian Noonan, Eddie Belfour was there. Eddie pulled an all nighter last night, which was amazing. My my soulmate of wingers, Tony Monti and his wife Lori, um, Kid Rock. It was just it was an amazing array of stars and talent and only Chris Chelios can bring that together. And you're right. It was a whirlwind. It was a whirlwind week for me. I had a great time. Then he had John McEnroe on stage last night. John McEnroe was there. Yep. It was, uh, it was the who's who Kevin Dillon from entourage was there. Um, I mean, it was, it was just, it was nonstop. Gretz was there. Mess was there. Ty Domi was there. Kelly Chase was there. Our good friend. He looked great. It was great to see him. Mike Keenan. Um, my goodness. Dougie Gilmore. Uh, Brian McCabe. Um, I mean, I'm. 
I was texting with John Cooper this morning. He, he said he flew up. Who John Cooper, John Cooper and Blaschel showed up at the after party last night after flying in after their big win in New Jersey, which we'll talk about later in the show. And that's just, that's what Chelly brings, right? He, so many people love him and the respect. And I will tell you, his speech was absolutely riveting. And I've never seen Chelly talk so much and talk so well as he did in front of 18,000 people last night with his family and friends right in front of him. Uh, he, he did a little ribbing with Patrick Kane last night after the end of his speech where he said he, he put $3,000 up for the Hawks to shut Kaner down and beat Detroit. Well, that didn't work out so well, as you saw. And it was it was an absolute perfect, fitting ending to one of the best weekends that I've ever seen. You have Chicago playing Detroit, ultra rivals. Chicago plays great all game. They're down to the last five minutes. And what happens? Debrinket, Debrinket scores to tie it up. And then in overtime, showtime, Patrick Kane gets a breakaway and just everybody was like, oh, no. And he went shelf, scored the goal, and showtimed it to every single person in that United Center that used to cheer for him, that that booed him there when he scored that goal. But you would have loved this. After the game... After the goal and after everybody left the ice, Kaner came back on and he waved to all the fans. He pointed to his heart, telling everybody he loved him and thanks for the uh, respect. And every single one of them cheered him to the loudest that they possibly could. I mean, the, the respect factor that was shown last night, both by Patrick Kane and by the Chicago Blackhawks fans, was something to behold. It was a thing of beauty. And I literally got goosebumps watching it. That is unbelievable. You know what? I love when he does that the uh, with his hand. Showtime. 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 And, you know, shame on that guy to come celebrate with him because he just wanted to celebrate by himself in front of everybody, which was pretty awesome. Wallman was trying to get in on the – Wallman probably wanted to do the gritty again. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Well, I will tell you this. I will tell you this. So they did a, a tribute to Patrick uh, in the first period. In, in, during a during commercial break, and the the video was very short. Patrick came out and saluted everybody. The fans cheered so loud, so long. He literally came out from the bench three times. Three times he went back to the bench. The crowd got louder. He had to come out. He went back to the bench. The crowd got louder, and the and his players pushed him back out to center ice again for the third time. And it actually went through the whole three minutes of the commercial in a standing in a standing ovation. It was the it was the most unbelievable tribute to an unbelievable hockey player that Chicago fans showed why they're some of the best fans on the planet. And they said thank you to Patrick Kane, and he just ended it in true fairy tale style. What? And you cannot honestly, you can't script it like you said any better for Chelly. Like, what a great night! Like he, it's just, it's unbelievable how everything just kind of came together. And you got the, you got Patrick Kane that may go down as the best American-born uh, player. Yes, ever. yes. The overtime winner in front of those fans, like it's unbelievable. Hey, listen, that in the background, is that is that a wig or a pillow? Because you had some hair on the other day. Oh, it's a pillow. Okay. It's my pillow. It's my pillow. 
Wasn't that funny? I mean, these alumni events that we do, the NHL alumni events that we do, we go up into Canada and we play, we raise money for charity. And these, the men's leagues teams that are in the certain cities, they team up and they each individually per team, per player, go out and raise as much money as they can individually. And they pull and they pull it together as a team. Right. So whichever team raises the most money before the Friday draft of the of the tournament, whoever raises the most money gets to pick number one in the draft. So, you know, when there's players like me and there's uh, there's Dougie Gilmore and there's Wendell Clark and there's and there's Brad May and there's I mean, there's all sorts of great, great alumni that go to these events and guys that like to have fun. And when I say have fun. As soon as you get drafted in this in this draft party by the men's leagues teams, there and my pic, there's my picture with the wig on. For those people who can't see, uh, it's a picture of me with my Blackhawks and my red Blackhawk jersey. Every one of my teammates wore wigs on for warmups, and they drank from from five o'clock on Thursday night until the last game ended on Friday afternoon, and it was just a free for all. So much fun, so many stories. Um, I ended up being in a, in a dive bar, so my team has a dive bar that they go to all the time after their men's league game. And I walked, I walked in, and all the patrons, you know, the usuals that are there, literally shit themselves. And I, and and I was there till one thirty in the morning, two o'clock in the morning. And remember, I'm not drinking, so I'm total, so I'm totally sober. And I'm with all these guys until two o'clock in the morning, taking pictures, telling jokes, telling stories, you know, you know, and it was a great, it was a great time in Niagara Falls, but um, then we raised $350,000, which is pretty amazing. It's a great concept, right? Because instead of people donating to the, to the cause, each player, is responsible for going out to his contacts and to his relationships and getting as much money per player that they pool all together. And they have something to root for, something to challenge them because there's something at the end of the rainbow. And that's a high draft pick and having the chance to play with somebody like me or like Darcy Tucker or, you know, Wendell Clark or whoever the case may be. So um, it's a really, it's a really creative way. How's Darcy Tucker doing? He's awesome. He's, he's one of my fa- he's one of my favorite players and one of my favorite um, guys in the world that I played against. Um, we talk about we talked about the hit on on Kapanen. We talked about my goal against Eddie. We talked about him knocking me out in behind the net. Uh, we also we also talked about when we fought in Philly and he kind of one punched me and we went to the bench and the penalty box. And I said, that was a lucky shot. He goes, hey, I got to give you one thing, one uh, credit for one thing, kid. You got balls. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, first of all, I'm older than you. Don't call me kid. And let's go again. <laughs> for his size, wasn't he? Oh, my God. He was so tough. So there's a funny, there, if you YouTube it, it's hilarious. Mick, you remember Mick Magoo, the famous ref? Of course. Of course. Poor Mick, poor Mick had a heart attack and died three or four years ago. I loved Mick. I loved working with him. He was the funniest guy to be around. He was just a, he was a cartoon character. Yeah, he was a, he was a little uh, Pillsbury Doughboy fun guy. Yeah, and, and there's a brawl, and Darcy's playing for Tampa Bay, and Sandy McCarthy's on his team. Anyway, they're having this, this shithouse game in Tampa. 
And Mick Magoo was so pissed off, he picked Tucker up and threw him into the pony box. No way. Yeah, he did. It's a YouTube. He picked him up, threw him in, and Sandy McCarthy is standing in the box yelling at Nick. You know, I'm, I can't even repeat what he's saying, but he was like, basically, you just accosted, you, you assaulted our player. You know, you, you, can't <laughs> you can't have officials that can't go the you can't have it both ways. And Nick almost got fired. The, the NHL almost fired him over that because he picked him up and threw him right in the penalty box. Wow, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. So, the games. Hey, so listen, you mentioned you mentioned earlier about John Cooper showing up and Blashell showing up to the um yeah. to the game. Um it to uh, Chelly's thing. They flew in right from Jersey. I don't know if you watched this game. Uh, yesterday in New Jersey, probably one of the biggest uh, one of the biggest games of the year that we've seen so far uh, for both Tampa and New Jersey, um, only because of where they are in the standings. Okay, so let's kind of let's kind of foreshadow, take you back to set up the scenario. The Tampa Bay Lightning are five points in front, or four or five points in front of New Jersey for that last wild card spot, and New Jersey has two games in hand. Now, when you have Tampa coming into New Jersey, into your own building, and New Jersey has what we call a four-point game. Now, why is it a four-point game? Because you're getting two points, and the other team is not getting any. Okay? So if you, if you think about that, that you're gaining two points on that team, and they're losing a game. Right? So that's a four-point. That's, that's two points that they're not getting. And the two points that you are getting, that's a four-point game. If Jersey wins that, they cut that lead to two points or three points with still two games in hand. Right. And they lost. I know. I know. It was it was so unbelievably frustrating to watch. And, you know, I love Tampa and I love John Cooper, but the Devils have had one of these rocky roller coaster seasons. And this was this was an opportunity for them to show that they are a team that could be reckoned with in the playoffs. And they're playing a savvy team. They're playing against guys that have won Stanley Cups, that have been there. And the Tampa Bay Lightning showed these young kids how to produce and play in a pressure-packed situation. It was pretty remarkable to watch, to tell you the truth. And, boy, what a huge opportunity the New Jersey Devils let slip by them. Big time, and and everybody's blaming. We've kind of we kind of talked about it uh, last week. Everyone's kind of blaming their uh, their goaltending, but I think it's their defense. Defense, and uh, hear that noise? Good. Keep going. So anyway, it's I think it's their defense that's killing them. I don't understand. You know how you. You know, Tampa's on the road. Tampa's playing well. Cooper's got them going along really well right now. They've won their well, they've won their last two, but but Jersey, you know, I saw Marty Badur at the rink on Friday night. Our kids were playing and and uh he just you know, he's like, We're we're getting in a tough spot because we've been, we've been injured all year. We've had so many injuries. Injuries are just killing them. So I don't know what's gonna happen, but I I didn't want to put him on, on in, the, in a bad spot, but I I have heard that that uh, Calgary is just asking. Or they basically want to like, struck the roll up for anything anybody inquiring about Jacob Markstrom. So it's gonna hmm. 
anyone gets them, I hear the price tag is really, really high. And, you know, so does, does Jersey try to go to get a Jake Allen? But I don't think that, I don't think the goaltending is what's killing New Jersey right now. I think it's their defense. And maybe, and, and not to put it all on their defensemen, but the forwards too. Maybe they're just not playing as a unit. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's too bad because I think the team is exciting to watch and I want to see them in the playoffs. Yeah, we do. I mean, it's obviously that's it's you know if if they do make the playoffs, you got the New York Rangers that are going to make the playoffs. The Islanders are struggling again, which is I, I, I'm telling you that team is scared to death going into every game. They're scared to death, Peelzy. You know what? A week or, a week or ten days ago, you know they're two, three, four points out of four points out of a playoff spot. Now they're seven. It's going to come down to to uh, you know. I think honestly, I think I think it's unless something really crazy happens. I think the eight positions, the eight teams that are in right now, are going to be the eight teams that we see. Wow, it's over. I don't think you're going to see a lot. Washington's not going to catch them. You know, they're they're sixty-one. Pittsburgh's got sixty. There's no reason to think. You know, everyone says, well, if they win their last eight of their last ten, well, they haven't done that all year. They haven't done anything. They haven't put any streaks together. So why do you think that that's going to change? I don't see anything changing. And I don't, honestly, I don't think anything's going to change in the West. I think St. Louis has fallen off. Nashville is red hot. They've won five in a row. And I think, I think honestly, the 16 teams we see in the playoffs today, there's nothing that's happening right now that would mm. Think that would make me think that anything's going to change. I think well, that's 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 saying that's saying That's a great prediction, and you know you could be right because with only twenty three games left, twenty four games, twenty two games, um, that's really not a lot of time to really catch up and 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 grab these points. And some of these teams have to jump over multiple teams. And and continuing with the Islanders, could this be like the shortest coaching stint maybe in in, in NHL history if they? If they blow this opportunity to make the playoffs, will Patrick Wall be back next year? That's kind of the question where that is going to be asked. That team puzzles me, Jr. Because I love their defense. They're big. They're like I love their goaltending too. Goaltending. They can score goals. They've been scoring goals lately, but they just—I don't know. I don't. They've been—they've been giving up a lot of goals. So it almost seems—it almost seems like they're taking more chances offensively to score more goals, and they're giving up way more quality opportunities because usually they are ones that really, really crack down on those high percentage area chances that they take away a lot of the middle. But it doesn't seem like they're getting back fast enough, or they're they're, they're just taking too many chances offensively and not getting back in time to uh, to protect their zone, and it's been killing them lately. Uh, speak, and you said you talked about Pittsburgh. How about Sidney Crosby having a weekend this weekend? Holy hell, is this kid defying the, the age gap right now? It's unbelievable. Five points yesterday. The guy, he's unbelievable. He's so good. It sucks that 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 Pittsburgh. They're not making the playoffs. They're just not making the playoffs. It's really unfortunate. They've got 60 points, so now they're seven points behind, and they've got two teams to jump over JR. They're not making the playoffs. And for Sidney Crosby, this has to really, really, like, eat at him that for the second year in a row, they're not going to be in the Stanley Cup playoffs. 
Well, especially because they were one of the teams that had the longest playoff stretch in any sport, any major sport. I mean, I think it was like 17 or 18 years of making the, the playoffs straight. And then all of a sudden, you know, they, they win a cup and then they, a couple years later, they, they struggle even to get to five, you know, to say 500 and get into the playoffs. It's, it's really sad. And, and Sidney Crosby is doing everything he possibly can. Now that leads me to ask this question. If they're a team that probably won't make the playoffs is a guy like Jake Genzel, is he going to be subjected maybe more to a possible trade to maybe boost up this team draft pick wise in this rebuild that is going to have to come because they've been trying to avoid a rebuild. Pittsburgh has tried to re- avoid a rebuild, tried to avoid that word, but it's almost, it's, it's inevitable now with two missed playoff opportunities. I mean, we're not counting them out yet, but it doesn't look good for them. But if they miss the playoffs for the second year in a row and probably what third year and four, third and 40 years or whatever the case may be, it's not been good. Um, Sidney Crosby is going to be another year older. Malkin's going to be another year older as is Latang. You cannot help but say the name or the word rebuild. Sidney Crosby does not want to hear the name re- rebuild. Right? I think I think rebuild ends Sidney Crosby's Pittsburgh uh, Pittsburgh life or ends his career because he's not he's not going to want to go through that. No, he's 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 not. First of all, he's going to play. I think his entire career in Pittsburgh. I don't think he's going to play anywhere else, Jr. Um, I hope not. I, I read today. Dubas says they need to get younger. We talked about it. We talked about it. I think our very first show of the year, we said the two oldest teams in the league were the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Washington Capitals and look where they are. They're on the outside looking in. This is a young man's sport right now. It's a young man's league. You can have a few veterans. You obviously want those veterans, but it's a young man's game right now. And, uh, you know what, Malkin, I would trade him and, and, you know, I'm sorry, he's had a tremendous career. It's not taking anything away from him. But you could probably get a lot for, for Danny Malkin. Um, but Sid doesn't want to go through a rebuild. And he's, got, yeah, he's still a phenomenal player. He is. I, it's, it's sad. It's unfortunate because I used to love going to Pittsburgh in the spring hockey playoffs in Pittsburgh in the spring you knew it was it was like Christmas it was going to happen every year and uh it's a shame for those Pittsburgh fans because that is one loyal fan base there buddy it, it really is and it like and what you just said is is true with the you know with Malkin I mean Malkin's one of those guys that you expect you expect more from him right and he only has 44 points this year um I don't see. I I don't know of him being hurt all that much. Um, Eric Carlson has forty two points. I mean, he he went from a hundred point guy last year to probably a sixty point guy this year. I mean, that's a drastic, drastic decrease of points. Uh, Chris Chris Letang only has thirty six points. I mean, Chris Letang is is usually up there around a sixty seventy point guy. Um, it's, he's going to struggle to get there this year. Um, but I, I think they're the guys that they brought in, like Riley Smith from Vegas. He hasn't he, he hasn't done much of anything, um, which which is <laughs> they were relying on him. Um, who are the other guys that they brought that they brought in just in, uh, on the off season uh, that they thought would be a little bit more 
uh, offensive, but is not really not really pulling their weight. Um, but again, I mean, Jake Gensel is is the guy that probably most people would give up the most for. He has the biggest upside. He's the goal scorer. His age, everything about it, it's going to be. Um, well, how about Lars Eller? I mean, Lars Eller came in looking as a guy that was going to be a good penalty kill, a good defensive guy that can put points up. He's got 18 points, and the team's not not keeping it out of the net. So he's he's been a bust there also, coming from from Washington. Listen, they got to get younger. You look at the you look at the teams in the league, Jr. The good teams in the league, the Rangers, Florida, Boston. They've all got young superstars on their teams. So. So I don't know what's going to change. But anyway, one thing that's been bugging me the last couple of days is the Ottawa Senators, and now they're playing good. And I see teams do this. They did, I think they did it last year. I think Montreal might have done it last year. They have a shitty year, and the last month they play well for their fans. Everyone then starts the season next year going, oh, I think we're going to be okay. I'm not buying into it. I don't know. I, I'm not buying into it. It bugs me because the rebuild has been going on in Ottawa. It's been going on in Buffalo. And I just, uh, maybe, maybe they, maybe these teams don't take them very serious this time of year. I don't know. Well, I'll tell you what, I heard a rumor, uh, a little rumor over the weekend um, through maybe people in the know or people, but I'm, I'm around a lot of people that are around the National Hockey League. Um, that uh, some of the players are starting to turn on Mike Sullivan, are starting to lose faith and lose interest in Mike Sullivan. Um, maybe that's maybe that is a big decision that Pittsburgh has to make. He's been there for a long time. He's a great coach. He is a guy that has gotten it done. But when you lose when you lose the ear of the players as a coach, we've seen what happens. When you need when you need a new voice, you need a new a new system, you need a new trajectory as behind the bench. That might be what's what what might be the next the next call for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Very interesting. Very, you know, he wouldn't be out of he wouldn't be out of work very long. But you know what? He's been there a long time, and we've we've talked about it before. There's been so many coaches fired this year. It seems that in this NHL, that the the coaches shelf life gets shorter and shorter and shorter so it'll be that'll be interesting to see because uh especially if if sid's like you know what we need a change that'll that'll be interesting that'll be interesting to play it sure will but again it was a great weekend it was a great weekend congratulations to chelly for getting his number up into the rafters he was absolutely spectacular hometown kid only him and dick buckus have their na- their jerseys uh, and their numbers retired in their hometown of Chicago. Um, they're the only two in Chicago, which is pretty cool. Uh, Chelly talked about a, a, a kind of a weird a weird situation. He went to the Russian bathhouse to do his usual wow. push-ups, push-ups, and sit-ups in the sauna. And um, in the Russian bathhouse was Dick Buckus's um, nephew and um, grandson. No way. That's in incredible. in the Russian bathhouse, and it was just like if that wasn't Dick Buckus talking to Chris Chelios, congratulating him on his number going up, um, nothing nothing is 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 real. And that that, that Greek blood of his man, he's yep. 
great, doesn't he? He looks great. His family looks great. Everybody was there. Uh, he paid tribute to his father, which was amazing. And uh, and congratulations to the Blackhawks for showing um, showing great class in in honoring probably one of the greatest defensemen of all time and one of my favorite friends and the godfather of American hockey, Chris Chelios. Oh, so you, know what? You, you were obviously you're very well uh, uh, respected by him because he only selected a handful of people to join him on the ice and you being one of them. So I'm proud. Yep. It was great. Well, thanks to our sponsors, specs, our sponsors, bet online, whiskey in the wild.com. Go get your best chocolate, chocolate, orange whiskey, and make sure you go to your favorite uh, sites to down download your favorite podcasts, Snipes and Stripes. Uh, thanks, thanks to Believe and go to Caffeine Caffeine TV. Always a great place to find our find our podcast with my great friend Tim Peel, my partner, the superstar. And uh, it was a great job this week, buddy. Great job on Monday, and I uh, look forward to seeing you on Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific, right here on NoFilter.net. It will be Snipes and Stripes Main Edition. But right now, that is the end of Snipes and Stripes Weekend Edition. You have a great couple of days. We'll see you on Wednesday, Tim.